Hello, Mama. Hope your Thanksgiving, if you're listening live time, was just amazing and you had just all the best food. Our Thanksgiving this year was really amazing. We went to North Carolina. We survived lugging our three small children across the country and those plane rides and car rides. And oh my goodness, man, lugging around just like simply the car seats in an airport and and the amount of bags is just insane. And I am uh, definitely an overpacker. And so now that I am packing for four of us, it's, it's just not good. It's not good. Um, but they had great clothes and options. So, you know, let's call it a win and we made it work. <laughs> but it really was great. And the food was amazing. Um, I did not cook anything, but my husband cooked, my mom cooked, my sister-in-law cooked, my brother cooked. Um, I like I emotionally supported in the kitchen, you know, talking and hanging and helping with the kids. <laughs> I'm not a cook. I'm very grateful that my husband is good at that as well as my other family members. But um, it was just delicious. I'm just even imagining like the simplicity of uh, a roll with this like really amazing butter that my brother had. Anyways, this is making me hungry, (laughs) but I hope yours was so great too. I am excited to be back here. I took a little week off just spending time with family and resting and well, resting for the amount that you can with three small children. Um, but (laughs) I'm excited to jump back in. I'm excited to get back into our series and just get ready to go hard for the end of the year. I know for me, um, I think this is like a, the first time I've done this, but I'm going to make a tradition. I think is that I spend the last couple months of the year planning the next year, like spending time processing and celebrating and then, you know, looking at, okay, what wasn't working? How can I, you know, really step it up a notch for the next year? What dreams do I have? What, what's my word for the year? And just starting that process, like beginning of November, when for me, when Christmas season starts, um, and I've been really loving that so far. It's been really cool. Cause that's my favorite time of the year anyway. So now that I get to to do that for longer, I am all for it. So highly recommend it. Um, but we are going to continue our series today, how to stay married and have kids. And I'm going to share, we're moving closer towards kind of the more practical. So today I'm going to share 10 mindset shifts that you need to make in marriage. And some of these are just kind of a summary of what we've been talking about, um, as well as some other ideas that maybe I've talked about before, or maybe, maybe new. Um, but I, this is just a good place to like really get solid. I encourage you to take some notes to, to really identify which one for you might be the biggest place you need to work on. And, um, you know, even if you've heard some of these before, repetition is really how we actually learn how it actually sticks. And we're not just listening endlessly to a bunch of new ideas and not actually implementing any of them. So, um, just lean in today. I think it's going to be great it's a great place to like really get our mindsets ready so that we can talk more about practical. And, and I know it's been hard because I've focused so much on you this whole time and what you need to change and how you need to shift. And today is still that, but we're going to get also into, you know, how to have conversations about things that are not working on his end and, and what that all can look like. Um, but so wait, way to stick with it. I know it's, it's really hard work to to see marriage this way and to do this work, but I'm proud of you for sticking it out and you've got this. So let's, uh, let's keep going. Let's do it.
Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama, before we dive in, I just want to take a second and remind you that if you are in need of some greater support, if you have just been feeling like you don't know how to change, you don't know how to stop those cycles you're stuck in in your marriage or in your parenting, you keep getting angry, you keep falling into anxiety, you just don't even really want to get out of bed in the morning, um, then I would love to work with you more in depth, get to actually know your story, get to know your issues, talk about it live time with you. And that's why I created the Healed Mama Academy so that I could do just that for those of you that want to go deeper, that need some support. Maybe traditional therapy hasn't worked for you. Maybe uh, you just know like this is kind of the direction God is calling you to go deeper and do some healing work and really take some steps forward in growth for 2024. So come apply today if that is you. You can get all of the information at morningmama.co. That's morningmama.co. It is a year-long program. Um, you don't have to do it for the whole year, but you have access to the coaching calls weekly for an entire year, as well as the curriculum videos and worksheets that are going to help you really just do that deep work and reflect and allow God into the spaces maybe that you have had shut off for a long time and have grown some mold and junk and it's time to bring the light in mama. So I would love to see you over there. Um, I love, love my time with the girls in the Academy. It just lights me up, gives me energy. It's so fun to see God move. So come join us. We'd love to see you there. But without further ado, let's let's jump into our 10 things, because knowing me, see if I can get through 10 in one episode. I'm going to challenge myself to do it today. All right, let's do it. So number one, the purpose of marriage is not to make you happy. It is to grow to be more like Jesus. Right? We talked about this, but this is an essential one that we have to keep in the forefront of our minds if we are going to thrive in our marriage, if we're going to survive in our marriage, really, because without this in sight... You're going to be constantly focused on what he needs to do, on how things aren't fair, on how you're not being loved enough, because ultimately you're married to someone that is imperfect. They're a sinner. They're messed up, (laughs) just like you. And so if we're always focused on what they're not doing or where they're failing or what's not fulfilling us, then we are going to always find something negative. We are always going to see the deficit. We are always going to be... um, focused on speaking that negativity over it. And we're never going to be happy. We're never going to be content. We're always going to feel like something is lacking and missing. You know, we might have a good season or good moments, or maybe even for some of you, it's good years. But overall in marriage, it will be hard. And when those hard times hit, you've got to be ready to remind yourself that the purpose is not for you to be loved. That's a byproduct of it a lot of times, and it's beautiful, and absolutely it reflects God's love in some ways, but not in the fullness. Like, it's not going to be perfect, and so our the, the purpose of marriage is to learn to love, 
purpose of marriage is to, to grow, to, to shed off our layers of sin. And so if we can stop pointing the finger, stop fixing our eyes on the other person and turn them back on ourselves, look in the mirror, then that's where we're really going to thrive in marriage. That's where we can really be excited about marriage, that we're not always down and discouraged and feeling like stuck and that there's no movement forward and, and just hopeless. Cause I know when you're, when you're looking for what's lacking, that's where it's going to lead you. And that, you know, again, is going to lead you to a place where you're depleted and, and um, there's a deficit because that person is not perfect, but also it's actually going to perpetuate the negativity in your marriage because you're going to speak out of that deficit. And that is only going to cause more problems. So like write it on your mirror. I don't know where you need to write it, right? Get a tattoo on your arm, like whatever you need to do, put a, put a, make it, you know, have someone like make pretty letters and put it, hang it up somewhere or put it on your fridge and and remind yourself the purpose of marriage is not to make you happy. It's to grow more like Jesus. Okay. That's like, I feel like the most foundational thing that you can change in the way that you look at marriage. So if you're doing that one, then you are going to be eons ahead of where you are now. Um, yeah, hard stuff, but worthy work. All right. Number two, your job is to handle your growth, not your husband's. Now I know this is very similar to the first, but this is just another thing that we need to keep our eyes focused on. Our job is not to correct our husbands or not. Our job is not to, to help them see where they're, they're lacking. Our job is not to help them find areas they need to work on and prescribe books and podcasts they need to read and listen to. And, and like, you know, make up this plan for how we want them to grow and get better. It's just not, you know, and you know, I, I shared a little bit in my story, but I used to fall into this, you know, um, I was reminded on Sunday, the sermon was all about uh, the promises of God and how, you know, it's not our job to make a plan for how those promises are going to come to pass. If God has made you a promise, he has a plan to help get you there. And so you need to, to step into faith and step into trust. And there are some other things I'm forgetting in this moment, but ultimately it's not our job to strategize. And I know I used to find myself doing that. God had made me a promise. It has made me a promise about my marriage. And I was clinging to that. But in the midst of that, I was making all these plans for how it was going to happen, how it was going to come about, how the change was going to be there. And God does not need us to do that. And that's only going to derail the progress we want to make. And not only that, but when we're focused on the other person, and we're missing what we need to focus on in ourselves. There is always more growth to do on our side of the aisle. So we've got to keep, again, looking back in the mirror. <laughs> I know a lot of these are focused on the same thing, but it's because it's just kind of the most essential part of being married is focusing on ourselves. Um, and not in that like we're right only thinking about ourselves, but rather we are always focused on our own growth, not correcting the other person's growth. So anytime you find yourself falling into like wanting to point out his flaws and, you know, you know, I think they would call it criticism. I don't think that we often identify it as criticism. I know for me, my, my husband might mention, oh, you're being critical or you've been so critical of today. And I'm like, wait, what? I, I don't feel like I was being critical. And so for me, it doesn't even register as that. It might just be simple statements I'm making that are negative or, um, sometimes even neutral in my mind. Um, but it's without that, positive affirmation and without, um, 
being cautious that I'm not focused on what he needs to change, then it, it lends towards that. And I'm going to come across critical and that's not like his fault for seeing things that way. That's, that's on me to make sure that I am speaking more life than I am speaking anything negative. And so we have to just constantly be focused on how can we grow? So if you, if you find yourself just seeing what they're doing wrong, that means that you need to grow in, uh, in focusing on yourself. You need to grow in affirming him. You need to grow in, um, looking at what you're saying and speaking. So your job is to handle your growth, not your husband's growth. All right. Number three, oh, I'm going through these so fast. I'm proud of myself. Okay. Number three, he is for you, not against you. You guys are on the same team. Now this is, you know, maybe not true for every single spouse. Um, but I think for the majority of spouses that are not, or again, we're not talking about abuse here or narcissistic spouse, like a normal marriage that might not feel healthy to you, but is, you know, normal. Um, and I know it's hard to know what that is, but again, we're not, we're not talking about abuse for the majority of us. Our spouse is not against us, right? It can so easily, I know for me, feel like he's just against me. He just doesn't notice the things I do. And he's just, you know, nitpicking the things I didn't do well. And, and he just is trying not to love me, right? Like it is like my mind just automatically goes to that vein of thinking where I just see through this negative lens. And it's just so far from the truth, right? Like if you flip it and he, he looks at us, you know, and like my husband's looking at me and, and, and thinking that I'm being critical. Right. And, and I look at myself and I'm like, Oh, I did not mean to do that. I actually was trying to be loving. I was trying to, um, you know, be for you. And, and I'm always thinking like, how can I be there for him? How can I connect with him? How can I like be a good wife. And, and I'm thinking through that all the time. I don't always succeed at that, but I'm thinking through that. So like if we're thinking through that lens, they're thinking through that lens, like we are on the same team. And so we need to give him credit for that. We need to stop filtering everything through this negative lens and give him credit for the things that he's doing that we might completely miss because, you know, we just expect him to do it, right? There's so much of that, right? Like, uh, as I think about the different roles and, and how I can get frustrated when he's not doing some of the, the roles that I have. And then I remember, well, actually, you know, he's just, I'm a little more gifted in this area, right? Whether it's waking up in the middle of the night or recognizing that there is clutter. Um, that's something that, or, or even <laughs> he's, I think I've shared this, but he's really great at doing the dishes, but he does not notice when the counters are dirty or at least doesn't clean them. And so that's something I notice right away. And I, yeah, I'm not perfect at it, believe me, but uh, I notice it more than he does. And so that I could get frustrated at that, or I could say, oh, this is an area where I, that's my job because I'm good at it. God has gifted me to have eyes to see this. And so it is my job. And again, we're going to talk about asking for help. I'm not saying you have to do it all by yourself, but like seeing those areas differently, because then there are areas, I guarantee you there are areas that he is fulfilling that you're not, and you're taking those for granted. So for, for me, I think I've shared this as well, but my husband takes care of all of the bills, paying all of the bills. If there's a medical bill that comes in, um, any kind of like, you know, HOA, difficulty or a parking ticket or like ma managing the credit card and, and just all of that. Like he takes care of all of it. And I, I don't think about it. And so 
that is something that he is gifted in and he takes care of. And I don't give him credit for it because it happens without me seeing it. And it's not on my radar because I'm not gifted in it. So those things that he's not saying thank you for are just probably not on his radar because it's not his gift. And so we have to get to a space where we remember just because he didn't say thank you, just because he's not recognizing this, doesn't mean he's against us. He's on our team. We are on the same team with different gifts. So however you need to, to remember that, he is for you. He is not against you. I know in our house, we try and talk about being on the same team a lot with our kids a lot too. Um, we're on the same team. Like, how can we be on the same team right now? Let's be on the same team. Or even I'll go up to my husband and be like, Hey, I just want to be on the same team. Cause sometimes, you know, it feels like we're going at each other and it's like, no, it's like a reminder that we are on the same team. Okay. Number four, this is a big one, probably worthy of a whole episode, but it is this. You are not his mother. You are his wife. I know that's obvious. It's obvious, but I think so many times we can begin acting like their mother. And, you know, I remember going into a a marriage coaching session a few years ago and, um, you know, of course I thought he was the one with all the problems and he was the one that we needed to work on. And well, some of that was true. It was not the only issue. And I remember the, the counselor, the coach pointing out to us or, yeah, to both of us, I suppose, um, that I was acting like his mom. (laughs) And like, obviously that is disturbing. Like I do not want that. And so I think so many of us fall into that where we're treating him like a child. Like we are, you know, um, trying to correct him and, and like train him like we would our children. And that, is going to be death to your marriage. (laughs) That's not going to lead to anything healthy and good. And so we've got to get away from trying, and it kind of goes back to that first one, right? That we are supposed to, um, or maybe it's the second one, your job is to handle your own growth, not your husband's growth. And so I think we are so used to parenting our kids and and correcting behavior and, and pointing things out. And so we have to be careful not to do that with our husbands, that we you know, don't have to correct everything he says. And it's not our job to, right? Like if he wants to do something differently than us, that's okay. Unless we've decided as a couple, as a team, hey, this is how we're going to do it. Then sure. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about, hey, you deviated from the plan. Uh, What's going on? Do you want to change the plan? What, 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 you know, having a conversation about that, but us just deciding this is how it should be. And when he doesn't, align with that or act out of that space where we're correcting and we're saying, Hey, you need to do it this way. Like we would our kids. And that's not the role of a wife, right? The the role of a wife is to, to support, to encourage, to be a team mate with him, not to be the mother, not to be in charge, not to be correcting, Um, And so we've got to be really careful about how we speak to him, the words we use, the things we're saying. Um, That is what is so essential is we are not their mothers. Okay. More on that maybe later. All right. Number five, he is helping. He is working hard for your family in different ways. So again, a lot of these are tied together, but this is just a reminder that when, when you get into that space where you're thinking, oh, he's not helping at all. He's not doing this. He's you know, I'm doing all of the work. I'm, I'm doing all the stuff for the kids. I'm doing all the lunches. I'm doing all the cleaning, whatever. Reminding yourself 
While he might not be doing those things, he is doing other things. What does he do? Is he the, the, the primary income provider? That is massive, massive. And not just time-wise, but burden-wise, like carrying the weight of, hey, I have to be the one to make sure I have a job. I have to perform enough to make sure I don't lose my job, whether it's being fired or layoffs. I mean, I know there's tons of layoffs in our economy right now, at least in the U.S., and so like that is a heavy burden to, to know that you are carrying the weight of that. And so we've got to like take that into consideration because a lot of times, again, that's this invisible, like we talk about the invisible load of motherhood a lot. Well, that's the invisible load of fatherhood or of husbandhood or main providerhood, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Like they have their own invisible load. Sure, we have our own and that's okay. We can talk about that, but we have to acknowledge also but that they have their own invisible load that we don't know what that feels like unless you are also the main provider, which I know some of you are, but I'm talking to those of you that aren't right now. We've got to, we don't know what that feels like. You know, again, even I've shared, like I, I do work, right? I, I work for my church. I work here with you and I, I call that work it is work. I'm just not bringing in a lot of money. And when I do bring in money, it's not like what we're living on. <laughs> it doesn't pay the house bills or for gasoline. That's $500 a gallon in California or uh, for the clothes for our children that are growing like weeds, you know? And so I, I don't know what that weight is like. And what else? Like, you know, he carries that. What else does he carry? Does he carry um, the burden of feeling like he's got to protect everyone? Does he take care of all the technology in the house and getting the, the cable and the TV set up and the computers fixed? And uh, does he, uh, is he the handyman around the house? Like what does, what burdens does he carry that you don't see because you just take it for granted? Think about that. And whenever you start to fall into, he's not helping go to that. Maybe make a list in your phone and you know, like every time you think he's not helping me, you've got to go to that list and read it to yourself and be reminded that he is helping just in different ways. All right. Number six, just because you have equal worth does not mean your jobs need to look the same. Again, the same idea, different nuance of this. We, yes, have equal worth. We are both humans made by God in God's image. Our worth is equal, but just because our worth is equal, our jobs don't have to look exactly the same. Just because you're both equal doesn't mean he has to do every poopy diaper or even split the diapers equally. It doesn't mean he has to wake up equally. It doesn't mean he has to clean equally. It doesn't mean he has to cook equally, right? Like our job roles are going to look different. The descriptions are going to be different. The, the focus is going to be different. It's going to be more aligned to our gifts or just what's working right now. I don't necessarily feel like gifted in poopy diapers. Although, although I will say sometimes I think about how meticulous I am with poop and like making sure, you know, it doesn't get on anything. And I like, you know, scrub everything if it does and wash everything's my hands and everything thoroughly, right? Like I just, like I, I think through that lens a lot. And so there have been moments, you know, especially when my daughter was a baby, because girls are a whole different ball game to change their diaper. I remember thinking, no, actually I would rather do it because I like want to make sure it's done right. <laughs> and so that's another thing is when we don't treat our husbands like a mom is if we ask them to do a job, we don't criticize, correct, or coach them on how to do it. If we're going to ask them to do it, or if we're going to ask them to help in this area, we need to just trust them for how they're going to do it. Now, 
you know, we can talk about hygiene and, you know, like, hey, make sure to wipe her this way, right? But we're not like going and standing over his shoulder and, and correcting every little movement. And, you know, it's like, okay, I trust you to do it. And you trust and you leave it be. And so I remember like there would be times where I would want to be the poopy diaper person because I trusted myself with the germs. I can, I don't like when germs get on things. I, and I don't mind dirt, but like germs, like poop germs, um, you know, raw Raw chicken germs, that kind of stuff freaks me out. Germ, you know, germ germs sometimes. Anyways. <laughs> so all that to say, our jobs are going to look different and even pay attention, right? Because I might even grow resentful because I feel like I'm changing all the diapers. But then think through the details. Like, am I trying to change all the diapers? Am I wanting to change all the diapers? Would I rather be the diaper changer? And a lot of times, actually, yeah, I would be. So we, I like block that, those thoughts out of my mind sometimes. And I know I'm not alone in this. So be cautious as you're looking at your roles and judging what he is or isn't doing. All right. Number seven, your thoughts about him impact your words. Your words impact how he shows up. So the first part is your thoughts about him impact how you speak over him. So we have to be cautious again to not use that negative filter for how we're looking at him. And we have to make sure that we are we are seeing him through the lens of, uh, you know, of what God wants us to see. Seeing him even through the lens of like how God sees him. I remember doing some, oh, I can't, I can't remember what exactly what it was. Some kind of spiritual healing work. Um, and she was talking about, looking at him through the eyes of God and, and like how God looks down at him, like this child that he loves. Well, I'm not looking at him like a child. I need to look at him through that lens of like, wow, like he is amazing. He's this creation of God. And even like thinking through like, wow, this is God's child. I better treat him right. You know? Um, and so we need to see him through that lens and not through this negative lens, because those thoughts about how we see him, they impact how we speak to him, right? Even if we have the best intentions and and are trying to speak life and trying to be encouraging, if we are not changing our thoughts about him, we're not going to be able to consistently speak that life over him. And the, the thing too, is that our words are going to impact how he shows up. You know, I talked a little bit about this in some of the episodes, but I'm reading the, the book, The Gap and the Gain, and it talks about the power of keeping in perspective the gain and not living in this gap of what's not there and what's lacking and what always is, isn't working, but we need to live in the, the gain of focusing on the growth and what is there and, and the positive parts, and that actually helps us do better, like scientifically do better. And so if we are constantly thinking unhealthy thoughts, thinking negative thoughts about our husband, and then we end up speaking those negative words over them. And they're going to begin showing up in a, in a more negative way. It, that criticism, those negative words are only going to lead him away from the healthy man you want him to be. So we've got to change our thoughts, change our words, and that's going to contribute to his actions. Now, his actions aren't fully your responsibility. They're his responsibility. But, you know, we all want our husbands to show up more. We all want them to be healthier. Like, you know, it's easy. I'm sure they think the same thing about us. And so if we want that, like, let's actually work towards that instead of working away from that. Let's do what we can to contribute positive to the pot, right? Add to the pot instead of take from the pot. Okay. So your thoughts about him impact your words. Your words impact how he shows up. 
So change your thoughts about him and that's going to change everything. All right, number eight. (laughs) When you're really struggling, this is key for when you're really struggling. The verse, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Whenever I'm struggling with someone or my spouse specifically, I, and I think about like how angry I am and how I feel like I want justice and I want like, he needs to know he did wrong and he needs to feel the weight of what he did. Right. And these aren't like serious, like it's not infidelity, infidelity. We're not talking about big things like that. It's just like, he didn't speak nicely to me or he, you know, didn't take out the trash when he told me to. I don't know. You know, we get, you know, you know how it is. You can get fights about the craziest stuff sometimes. But whenever I'm in that space, I think about like, okay, God tells me to love my enemies and to pray for those who persecute me. So if that's how I'm supposed to treat my enemies, like the people that are horrible to me, that are literally my enemies, right? Then, wow, how much more do I need to love and pray for my spouse? Even when he's being a jerk. And again, we're not talking about abuse here, but in general, that we are called to love our husbands that way. You know, we're called to love our enemies that way. So how much more are we called to love our spouse that way? So just use that in the back of your mind when you're feeling that rage, you're feeling like you want that justice. You're feeling like he needs to know and just feel how much he's hurt you. Remember what you're called to do. Stop and pray and let God change your heart that way. All right. Number nine, Divorce is not going to help anything. So this is a very general statement. I know, again, abusive relationships, there may be other circumstances, but ultimately for the majority of us, divorce is not going to help anything. And here's why. The the things you're facing in your marriage are not just the issues of your spouse, but also your issues. And your issues are going to follow you into new relationships. And you also have chosen that person or attracted to that person for a a reason. And that is going to go with you as well. And so whatever issues you're dealing with, they're just going to follow you into the next relationship. And it will only be more complicated because you'll have more baggage and you'll have more mixing of families. And again, I'm not speaking about mixing of families. I'm just saying if you, you know, I don't, well, what I want to say is I don't want to heap shame on anyone that has walked through divorce. We're not talking about the past. We're talking about the future. So for any of those of you that are married now, divorce is not the answer. It's only going to make things more difficult. The other part of this too, is that your issues are likely like codependent with other issues. So your issues attract other issues. Your struggles attract other struggles. And and they kind of like fit together like a puzzle piece. And so most likely the issues that you have are going to attract similar issues on the other end. Now, I know there are circumstances where one, maybe you have really grown and worked through your issues and you feel like your husband hasn't. And I get that that's frustrating. I get that feels like, well, I could just find someone healthier. But ultimately, like it is your job to wait and pray for him to grow in his issues. And that's like when you guys committed to marry each other, that's what you said for better or for worse, right? And so it happened to be that you grew faster than him, but that doesn't mean that you just get to jump out then and not wait for him to be able to grow as well. So 
I just so firmly believe divorce is not the answer for the majority of us. All right. Number 10, your husband comes before your kids. Now, I know I talk about this a lot, but I've also, I don't know, I kind of assumed everyone kind of knew this. Like even, you know, maybe even people that weren't Christians. I know people don't always follow this. Like you can see that a lot in, you know, putting your kids before and, you know, making more space and emotional energy and time and all of that for our kids. And it can be easy to fall into that. But I kind of had this assumption that people knew that that was the right way to do things. (laughs) But I've recently come along some articles about just, you know, they aren't Christian based, but just these articles about how or, or comments about how people believe that their kids should come first. I even saw something about how the spouse, the two spouses mutually agreed that their kids should be, come before each other. And I was like, what? I, I didn't realize that people saw it that way. I knew people acted in that way, but I thought that was just out of kind of default, out of what was easier, out of um, kind of what made easy sense. But I, I realized this is actually something people don't, No. So as Christ followers, for sure, God has put things in a specific order where we are supposed to have an an order in our life and our husbands come first and then our kids. And so we need to first and foremost, take the back of our husband before we side with our kids. And I know that can be hard in certain circumstances. And so unless like, again, we're not talking about abuse here, but you know, if your husband is maybe being like a little harsh, right? Or not abuse, but like a little harsh, I usually try and bite my tongue, you know, and I'm I'm sure he does it vice versa, um, bite my tongue. And then I'll have a a conversation with him later and be like, Hey babe, you're, you're a little intense right there. Um, what's going on or what, you know, and we talk through it, but I don't do that in front of my kids and I don't correct him in front. I try not to and say, Hey, don't talk that way to them. Right. And again, we're not talking about abuse. He's not cursing at my children. He's not calling them names. It's just, you know, sometimes you get heated as a parent. I think most of us can, um, have been there. And so we, but, but that's what it looks like to have his back first is I support him. I show my kids that I have his back. Anytime they come to one of us, we say, what did your mom say? What did your dad say? Whatever he said goes, whatever she said goes, we always have each other's back. And that's not just for our marriages. It is for sure for our marriages, but it's also actually for our kids. That's going to help them feel safer. They actually want to see us side with each other because that's the way that God planned it and created it. And so we've got to make sure that we are putting our husbands first with that, with time, making sure we find time for them. And yes, maybe that means you need to get a sitter and no, you should not feel guilty about that. You should feel guilty if you don't spend time with your husband and if you don't get a sitter because you just feel like you need to be with your kids all the time. I'm not trying to heap guilt on anyone, but truly we need time alone with our husbands, whatever that takes, like whatever it takes. This is essential and your marriage is not going to be healthy if you do not do this. So, and again, we're going to talk more about practicals. What does that look like? How do we spend time? How much time? What do we do? Like all of that, we're going to talk through just what I know about it all, but we've got to begin viewing things from that, that viewpoint of our husbands come before our kids. All right. 
There is 10 mindset mindsets you need in order to stay married and have kids. Let me just pray for you. God, I thank you for the gift of marriage. God, I thank you for just giving us this space to grow and to be safe and to have hard moments, but know that we can do them um, in the presence of someone else. And there's just such beauty there. God, I just pray for each of our marriages. God, would you help us shift our mindsets to how you want us to see things, how you want us to do things? God, we are broken and we are sinful and we are fallen and we need you to do this well, Lord. So just please infuse your power, your strength, your hope inside of us so we can we can be a good wives, Lord. Uh, we love you and we thank you for the gift of marriage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.